is coming up now on Established in the Faith. You turn the dial and you get a little bit of electricity. Crank it on up, you get a whole lot. God, God had to had to give it all to you, some of you. Crank it on up for old hard head. And when God gets done with you, you look like a cat that's been chewing on some Christmas lights lit up. Spent all nine lives at one time. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 20. 2 Kings chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order. For thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out of the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again, and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. And I want to stop there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, a message of life and death. Although we are reading about it here in the 20th chapter of 2 Kings, these events actually took place in the 19th chapter when the king of Assyria launched an all-out attack against Jerusalem. This attack lasted for some two years. And nearing the end of this incursion is when Hezekiah got sick. All during this time, Rabshakeh, who was the chief of the captains of Assyria, he was making threats constantly. He was telling the people that they had offended God by taking down all the high places. He was telling them that God was on his side. Don't listen to Hezekiah, listen to me. And here's the evidence to prove to you what I'm saying. We took the northern kingdom and your God did nothing. We moved on and we took all the fenced cities of Judah and again your God did nothing. 
And we have received word of the Lord now that we are to come in and we are to destroy this place. If you'll surrender now, we'll go easy on you. Yeah. And Hezekiah was trying to deal with all of this for two years. And these words struck fear in the hearts of the people. And if that won't enough to deal with, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that Hezekiah got sick unto death. Life can come at you hard. But I didn't expect it to come in bunches like bananas. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? It, 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 it seems like at times when it, when it hits, it's just one thing right after the other. But I've also noticed as well, whenever the de devil is hitting you like that, God's got something good on the other side if you'll just hold on. God's got a good bunch of good bananas on the other side of the rotten ones you're going through right now. Glory to God. I feel that this morning. Some of you are eating some rotten bananas right now. <laughs> just hold on. Just hold on. God's got something good for you on the other side if you'll just keep your faith and you'll keep your testimony and keep doing what the Lord wants you to do. And just hold on. He's got something good for you. And the Bible says that Isaiah, the prophet, came and visited with Hezekiah. Isaiah had, initially, he had one message Hezekiah. But before he would leave the palace that day, he will have delivered two messages. The first message, negative, condemning. There was nothing in it good at all. Hezekiah, you're going to die. The second message is probably the greatest message that any of us could hear you're going to live two messages preached within just a few minutes apart both of them opposite in meaning and content and yet God used both of these messages Although they were opposite, God used both of them to bring about his desired will and purpose. Today, the church has one message, but it has two parts. You can't have one without the other. If you're going to bring about God's desired will and purpose, both parts of God's message must be preached. Now let's look at the first part of that message. It wasn't good. It was negative in every way. Set your house in order because you're going to die. It was condemning. There was nothing about that message that made Hezekiah feel good about his situation. Nothing. It was not a message where you feel good and shout and say, Thank you, Lord. There was nothing about that message that would put a smile on his face. 
nothing. Hezekiah, if you remember, and we've talked about this a little bit. Hezekiah was struggling with pride. Upon receiving that message, he could very well have gotten offended at Isaiah. What do you mean, get my house in order? Don't you know I'm the king? I brought reform to all the southern kingdom of Israel. I brought revival to this place. Who do you think you are? Hezekiah was the king. He could have given orders and had Isaiah killed on the spot. And Isaiah knew of whom he spoke to. He knew that Hezekiah had that authority. But despite the risk, Isaiah was faithful in bringing forth that negative message that God gave to him. Let me bring it up to today. The first part of the message that you and I have to give to this lost and dying world, it too is condemning. It too can be offensive. I mean, when you tell somebody that they are a sinner and they're going to hell, that's offensive. And especially during this day and age. Let me tell you, that message is not going to draw a crowd. If anything, it's going to push people away. But let me tell you, this is a part of the message that God has given to the church. Will we be faithful? Will we take the risk and give forth that which God has given us to give to this lost and dying world? If people are to be saved... The first part of that message, although it be negative, it must be preached. It has to be delivered. You see, because that first part, that first message that Isaiah gave Hezekiah, it was a warning. A warning. Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die. And not live. Hezekiah was one of the godliest kings to ever sit upon the throne of the southern kingdom of Israel. If you look there in verse 3, he walked before God in truth with a perfect heart, and he did many good works in the sight of God. He tried his best to do everything according to the word of God. He brought about many reforms in Israel, reinstated the sacrificial system. He invited all of Israel to come and celebrate the Passover, something which had not been done in over 260 years since the kingdom was divided. And revival broke out because of all of these things. But my friend, let me tell you, all of these good works that Hezekiah did, it mounted to nothing. Because your good works can't save you. Are you, are you hearing me? The Bible says, Romans 3.23, or all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
Isaiah 64 in verse 6. We are all as an unclean thing. And our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind has taken us away. Romans 6.23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death. Hebrews 9.27, the Bible says, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after that, the judgment. These are negative subjects. These are things that the church has to address. Number one, sin. Number two, death. Number three, judgment. Sin is the cause of all the pain, the hurt, the sorrow, man's inhumanity to man that is in this world today, sin. It is a nature that is within every single human being. The sin nature, sin. The wages of sin is death. Death is the end result of sin. Death, it is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. There's nothing about that that is positive at all. But yet when it is preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it can bring forth a positive result. And judgment, judgment, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. You will stand before God one day and give an account to Him for every idle word that you have spoke, every deed you have done, everything you've ever done will be laid out before the whole world of heaven one day. You stand before Him one day, what will you do? Let me tell you what this poor boy right here is going to do. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus. When I stand before him one day, not one sin that I've ever committed will be brought before anyone to see because it's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Glory to God. And if you're sitting here today with your faith in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did at Calvary, that same blood that flowed from Calvary's hill, it washes every sin away. You will stand before God one day justified, justified, never sinned. But woe unto you who have not accepted Christ as your Savior. You will stand before Him one day at the great white throne judgment. When the fierce anger of God, His countenance is so fierce, the Bible says that heaven and earth fled away. And you will give an account of everything you've ever done. And the books will be opened. And the names will be read. And if your name does not appear in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into a lake of fire. Preacher, that don't sound very positive this morning. The message that God has given us, the first part of it, is not positive at all. But like I said, when it's preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it brings conviction. Conviction. 2 Kings 20, verse 2. The Bible says that when Hezekiah heard these words... 
he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord. The latter part of verse 3 says that he wept sore. You never know how a person's going to respond to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Hezekiah, he turned to the Lord almost immediately, but there are others like the Apostle Paul who do not turn to the Lord immediately. The Apostle Paul got angry, and he got letters, and he went out and persecuted and killed more Christians. And God works on the rheostat principle. Rheostat principle. You know, what's that? Y'all know what a rheostat is, right? You got one in your kitchen before you lie it over the eating table. You can take that dial and you can turn it up a little bit and the light gets brighter. Or you can turn it down about halfway if you want to have a romantic supper. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Romantic supper. Some of you like, Brother Jane, we got to have them up bright, don't we? Can't see what we're eating. <laughs> you turn the dial and you get a little bit of electricity. Crank it on up, you get a whole lot. God, God had, to, had to give it all to you, some of you. Crank it on up for old hard head. And when God gets done with you, you look like a cat that's been chewing on some Christmas lights lit up. Spent all nine lives at one time. God knows what to do to get your attention. And he'll, 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 he'll crank it up lightly a little bit. And if you're wise, if you're smart, you'll say, yes, Lord. And if you're hard-headed, he'll crank it on up real loud for you until you say, yes, Lord. That's what happened to Paul. The Lord literally had to knock him off his horse. Look at Acts chapter 9. Verse 4, the Bible says, He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? Lord said unto him, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. That's the pricks of the Holy Spirit. The pricks of conviction that comes upon a person and they need to get saved, and God's dealing with them. God's working with them. God will keep dealing with you and make your life so miserable until you come to Him. And some of you listening to me right now, you're praying for lost loved ones. Pray for God to crank the old rheostat on up and get out of the way and stop bailing them out of trouble he that has an ear, let him hear. If it's your kids, when they get in trouble, if the law locks them up, don't bail them out. God's done cranked up the wrist at. He's trying to answer your prayer. You need to get out of the way and let God crank it on up for old hardhead. And God will get it their attention and bring them around. Stop bailing them out and keep praying for them. Because every time you pray for them, the Holy Ghost keeps digging. God knows the right one to bring across their path, to bring apart the negative part of this message that they need to hear to bring about conviction and make their lives so miserable until they can't, they can't live until they get it right with God. 
All right. Let's deal with the second part of the message, the good part. 2 Kings 20, verse 4. It came to pass before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, I have heard thy prayer. God knows what you have need of, and our greatest need is a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ can address the sin in your life. Only He can address the death in your life, and only He can affect and address the judgment in your life. He addressed every bit of it at Calvary. He took your sins upon Calvary's cross. He died on Calvary for you. And he took the judgment so that you will stand before God justified one day. He said in verse 5, 2 Kings 20 verse 5, he said, I have seen thy tears. The Lord not only sees our tears, but let me tell you, he's experienced humanity. And he knows what it's like. When he stood before the tomb of Lazarus, the shortest verse in the Bible says, Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five, Isaiah 53, verses 3 and 4. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Jesus entered into the human experience. He knows what you're going through. He knows the pain, the hurt, the tears. Oh, but let me tell you something. There's coming a day. Glory to God. I said there's coming a day. Revelation 21 verse 4, the Bible says God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Glory to God. He told Hezekiah, 2 Kings 20, verse 5, he said, Behold, I will heal thee. Only God can heal the sin-sick soul. Number one. Number two, God can heal today physically. That's not a problem with God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's number two. Number three, if you're a child of God... When you pass, that is the ultimate healing. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. All right. He said, Behold, I will heal thee on the third day. The third day speaks of resurrection, the rapture. The resurrection, the rapture, is right around the corner. 
when we will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Corruption's going to put on incorruption. Mortality's going to put on immortality. We'll be changed. We'll have a glorified body. The sin nature will be done away with. This body, which is now empowered by blood, will be empowered totally and completely by the Holy Spirit of God. And you'll have a glorified body. That's the healing. The healing. The third day. Thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord. When the rapture takes place, we're all going up to the big house. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. For the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Glory to God. Some of you under the sound of my voice today, you need to get your house in order because you're going to die a second death. Eternal judgment in hell for all eternity. And mark this today, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I have set before you life and death Blessing and cursing. Choose life that thou and thy seed may live. Are you right with God today? I give you today a message of life and death. Choose life. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.